there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Guten Abend, this is Paul Cooney getting ready for the international matches. Three days to go, Scotland against Cyprus and then in six days, Scotland against Spain and the German at the start is, of course, because we're hoping to qualify for the Euros in Germany in 2024. With us tonight, two former international stars, Barry Ferguson, the former Scotland captain, and Peter Grant, the former Scotland favourite. If you want to speak with them, what's your lineup, for example, for this weekend? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And we'll be hearing some dramatic news and audio from uh, Lyndon Dyke. We read this morning of the fact that he had pneumonia just a couple of weeks ago and was seriously ill in hospital. The good news is he's back and he is training for Scotland yeah it was concerning um, obviously we went kind of 0 to 100 really quick you know it was kind of it was quite serious obviously I was in hospital for 8 days um, and it was quite tough on me and my body and it wasn't really a nice place and uh, I wish obviously no one to be in that kind of that situation Great to have him back though, Barry, because your health's everything. And it's remarkable. He's back. That was just over a week ago. He was hospital, but he's back. He came on for QPR last week and scored. And now he's in, in the Scotland squad for Saturday. Yeah, good to see him back. Obviously, it was serious illness. He was obviously in hospital for eight days. So it's going to take him a while to get back to full fitness. Um, I'm sure um, I'm positive that he, he won't start this weekend, maybe a bit too soon. He's played a few games for QPR, but listen, he is an important player for Scotland. and Nice to see he's back um, fit and ready to go, hopefully. You both all know about international football you've played, Peter. And also, the Orium took a bit of stick yesterday from John Carver. Um, the positive side, they're enjoying training at Lesser Hamden. And he said that the squad were in such great form that they're so pleased to see each other because it's been months since they've been together. And he's got a really tight group of players, Stevie Clark. Absolutely, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with these some of these guys, you know, for a long time. Uh, well, not a long time, but as I say, a long period of time over the, the length of games that we had. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed working with them. Um, but I must admit, I had no complaints about the Orium. Uh, the pitch was excellent there for me by there. There was not a problem with that. It was a fantastic facility to train in. The biggest thing was off the pitch from it because obviously you were sharing with the rugby uh, everything like that and it was not ideal in that respect but pitch wise compared to where they used to train it was um, the, what was the one down at the hotel Barry the name of the Mar hotel Mar Hall oh, yeah. mm. I mean that I wouldn't attain an under 10 team to that to be really? careful yeah absolutely we went Why? down there because it's not conducive for international football it's absolutely ridiculous actually um, that they were actually training there and then the other problems you had if you stayed through in Glasgow with Trump sometimes training at St Mirren we were fantastic at giving us a, their pitch but then you could only use part of it, you know. For international football, it's wow. ridiculous. I mean, I look at the Tory Glen and that annoys me because I look at Tory Glen, how good that looks. And I think, yeah. for me personally, if that's not your national stadium and the Tory Glen was there when it was getting purchased at that particular time, why wasn't the national team put there? You know, that's just something I look at. But I, want, I must admit, up at the Orium, pitch-wise, no complaints whatsoever. So often in Scotland, the, the resources often go into the other side of the country, despite the fact this is the, the football capital of... 
you fill in the blank. Is it the world, Barry? Yeah, yeah, I'll say that. But look, yeah. Granny's right. They've got a facility right in their doorstep at, at Hamden, and yeah. I'm surprised that they've not at least took a picture to and and looked after it for the international teams. When I was playing, we used to train at Dumbarton Stadium, which um, great for Dumbarton to give us it. But listen, if you were going there halfway through a season in the winter, it sometimes it was it was uh, bobbly. It was. Um, under under um, under water. So look at the at the end of the day, it's disappointing. We, we don't have our own facility. Um, but listen, I've I've trained in worse pitches <laughs> than, yeah. than the Orion. But one thing I will say, I seen them training at, at Lesser Hamden, and to be fair, that that surface looks uh, in pretty decent condition. I actually thought it was it was artificial surface, so they must have changed it yeah. over the last um, six or so months. Um, so it looks to me if they're going to be back in Glasgow and, and training. Here's Lyndon Dyke speaking again about his illness. He was rushed into hospital just a couple of weeks ago and it turned out to be pneumonia. It takes you back, it, takes, it opens your eyes a bit. Obviously, you take away from football and just think about your health. Those days after that when I was in hospital, you know, the, the medicine that I was on wasn't quite working as best as they wanted it to at the hospital. Um, and... There was no thought in my mind about football at that time. It was about myself and my family, my wife, my kids. Um, so after obviously started to feel a little bit better, then I could start to think about that again. But at the end of the day, it comes down to everyone's health and uh, to make sure that you're 100%. Lyndon, despite that, I'm not sure if you're going to be in the lineup for this weekend. Barry and Peter are going to give us theirs in a moment or two. It's nearly four years since Stevie Clark took over. We played Cyprus, our first game, June of 2019, and the crowd was just over 30,000. And Peter, the team that day, that day was David Marshall, Stephen O'Donnell, Charlie Mulgrew, Scott McKenna and Andy Robertson, John McGinn, Kenny McLean, Callum McGregor, James Forrest. Subs were Stuart Armstrong came on and Scott McTominay as well. Um, some of them still there, the, the core of that team. It's remarkable though how we've gone from 30,000 to sell out under Steve Clark. No, it's fantastic. You know, listen, people want to turn up when you're successful. It's yeah, always the sure. case, you know, when you win games of football, um, it's so important. And listen, Scottish supporters have always turned up. You know, whether they've been good, bad or different, they've always turned up and it's it's getting that. And it's very, very expensive for people now, Paul, you know, to go to games. You're watching matches with your club side, then you're going to matches to watch Scotland. It's near impossible. So I don't take a lot that people don't want to turn up and see any of the teams. I think it's just the fact it's so expensive to take their kids because it used to be a day out for everybody, didn't it? You'd take your kids with you. Now if you take your kid along with you, it's £100 for the adult and the kid together, you know what I mean? So it's near impossible for them. So you can understand why crowds dwindle. Me personally, it's a big thing. I mean, I've always said that it should be a bit like Germany. Whereas we talk about Bayern Munich on the, the, the club side, I think there's a £100 or something for their season book. It's nearly £100 a game here. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the difference, I think. And I think we should look at that because the atmosphere in the German football is yeah. phenomenal. And if we could get that at national football and club football, it'd be fantastic. Barry, uh, this time last night, John Hartson said he looks forward to seeing Lewis Ferguson playing either on Saturday or against Spain. It's your nephew. We mentioned you. It came from the Welsh legend. Uh, how did you feel about that? He scored again at the weekend. Yeah, that's four yeah. goals. Um, and I've watched all the games I can when they've been on um, on the TV. And I, I'm not just saying it because my nephew, he's, he has stood out. He, he looks to me if he's improved in that short period of time. He's been over in Italy um, and he's doing the, the, the hardest thing um, in football and for a midfielder to score goals. And we know that Serie A's like, I mean, they're, they're big on Italians, they're big on defending. Um, but 
Yeah, but I'm delighted he's in the squad and, and hopefully um, with the performances that he's shown for Bologna, he gets the opportunity um, to go and play on in, in Saturday and that's why he's in my team. <laughs> he's in your team? All right. Shall we get to the teams? Absolutely. Listen, if you want to call in 0808 17 17 700, um, Barry doesn't want to talk VAR. We had two big nights on VAR. We had so many calls last night. You no, kicked no, it no, off with the, Mark on Monday. No, I don't no, know what you're talking about. We've done think, it for two days. Yeah, yeah think, exactly. Yeah, yeah, look, we're going to start can, talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> look, we've had yeah, our view on it. Sure. and Listen, that I was one of the ones that was wanting to bring it in. But do you know what? I've went full circle. Mm. And I see Alan McCoist uh, also said what you said a few months ago, let former players get involved in the VAR, put them in that van or whatever it is down at... Um... Yeah, that, that was a point I made, but pff, listen, let's just take it away and get back to get back what to it was it. before. Because Derek McInnes has demanded the SFA refereeing department ups its game. He's still fuming over the penalty that Kilmarnock didn't get at the weekend. It was an appalling... I've not seen you, Peter, since last week. It was some weekend on VAR, wasn't it? Just about every game you could choose. I know you did Celtic Hibs. Yeah. Yeah, Johan. I mean, it's... I mean, as I say, it was funny watching the game because when Carter Vickers was down the head of the ball and yesteryear, that used to be a freak against Carter Vickers because you're putting your head too low. Mm. You know, and... Dangerous play. Yeah, Yeah. I I felt a bit for the, the striker, Johan. Um, as I say I can understand what, if the referee gives a free kick fine you know I mean you can say okay and then you can debate was it a high foot or whatever but it definitely didn't deserve an order off that's for sure his first tackle did obviously yeah. that deserved his booking but there was other tackles in the game that went on and there's no values in anything them that can quite simply send an offs and bookings for them and they don't get them so I said to you before it came up Paul it'd be a nightmare for the game up here and that's you were right Barry wanted to can it Mark Woody said the same John Hartson last night um, said it Craig Moore and Craig Moore said the money being spent in VAR should be put towards facilities for young for kids to play football because you know all yeah. the charges See, are going the thing up is, I know we're talking referees are only human and they can yeah. make mistakes but VAR's there to try and help the referee mm-hmm. in my opinion and I don't think it is help more referees they're, 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 you've got to remember they are human and they do make mistakes and, and it's listen it's a tough gig being a referee but VAR is put in place to try and help the referee rectify the mistakes and I don't think it's doing it well you think about it what did you go to the pub on a Saturday night everybody went into the pub 6 o'clock and they were all talking to their team that was a free kick that was offside this was a but then when you're getting it shown now everybody's saying see that's the problem there's the problem there was always debates forever sure. there's been football you know what I mean and whether they were right wrong or different no there was big calls wrong but now you're getting it shown in your face so you know it's 100% so the referee is getting lambasted all the time and we see the situations that's arising through it now you look at the Mitrovic situation down in England the frustration people are getting and they're saying oh it's because I've got a frustration with the referee and VAR and all that so we're making excuses now yeah. you know and that Mitrovic situation should never occur and as I say we've all been guilty of arguing and shouting and at the referees and linesmen and whatever so I'm not wiping myself away from that in any shape or form but I think it's so difficult for them that's why I'd never had that and for goal line technology Yes, that's what I've always said, but nothing else. I think his favourite bar, because we'll move away from VAR, was Waterloo Street. What was the name of that place again you would go to after the game? Uh, there's a place in Waterloo Street. Barry, what was your favourite uh, while you think of the name of it in Glasgow? If you had a night out with the players, just after, when you could go for a couple of drinks, where would the Rangers players go? A couple of the places you would go to. You're putting on. We went to all different places, uh-huh. if I'm being honest with you. I'll talk VAR again if you don't yeah, give me one. We tried, yeah. sorry, to go to places where it was out of the way a wee bit. Sure. You know what? <laughs> of course, because people will be up with the autographs or the phones and stuff. Peter, I know it's just gone, that name, right. in Waterloo Street. Um, were you ever on 
Soccer AM. I asked Barry beforehand. I know uh, you were asked to do it. Yeah, I had the opportunity a number yeah. of times that I just couldn't do it because your games fell on a, a Sunday and obviously it's on on a, on a Saturday. And I seen the news and it's being axed yeah, by Sky. I, I, I yeah. can't believe it. Right. I, I love it. I always now I always tune in at half ten to twelve o'clock. You still watch it? Yeah, I still yeah, watch good. it. Yep, and um, I can't believe that they're getting ready. What was that 28, 29 years? <sighs> I think be, it's been yeah. on, on the box. And, yep. I just uh, remember now, Paul, yep. as well when Barry saying that I was on it. I done the right. crossbar challenge for West Ham. Oh, well. and they asked me to take part in it. Right. I remember they asked us yeah. to do that, and our young, my young, our my oldest boy, our Peter, he was on it. He done a thirty-second quiz or something. <laughs> he they went to Peterborough, and Peter was in the squad at Peterborough as a young man. How did he do in the quiz? They were, oh, they were caning yeah. him. They were caning well, him. They, I know that. Well, that's it was, what it was they do, a bit of fun. But he really yeah. enjoyed it. I think he's kept it on his old tape, <laughs> his old CD. So crossbar challenge was a brilliant thing, wasn't it? Because as a kid, we would all try the. Yeah, well, that's what it was. It, it was a club. Yeah. It used to come at the clubs and ask you, could you do it like on a Thursday? Could we do the crossbar challenge? So that was. And did you? How did you manage, Peter Grant, on that no, one? Oh, not very good. Oh, just say you did. No, I never. Well, Somebody will check. Yeah. Unfortunately, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I know your favourite party soccer game. Uh, what was that? The uh, at the penalties then. Big John Harrison was on it a few weeks the ago, soccer wasn't it? Yeah. Outrageous. Outrageous. Barry Big John was on just what six weeks ago or so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hope that's, that's why the reason. Reason. <laughs> <laughs> He sat in that seat last night. He's, he's praising quite rightly Lewis Ferguson. <laughs> I've got to be honest, we yeah. still enjoy it. I think Jimmy Bullard's brilliant on it as well. Yeah, it's funny, um, funny so, yeah, disappointed to see. Look, I don't think they've made the final decision, have they? Have they not? No. I think, well, it looks as though it's going at the end Paul's of the season. Paul's still score. <laughs> the, the main thing is, as long as the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors continues, then that's the main that's thing. That's replacing it, isn't it? Yep. Saturday morning. Thanks to everyone. And people are uh, listening in Sterling. You were telling us, Peter, yes. in, the, in the gym, people are saying, yeah, yeah give me stick. Why are you still on that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. said, so, well, you sound different. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. A bit proper. That's, it's great, Peter. People listening everywhere to the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. And last night, yeah, they were in great form. And I thought, Oz had a great point. I'm not going back on VAR. Yeah, Get facilities that. in for kids. 100%. And I've seen there's been a few demonstrations in terms of the pricing for young kids to go and play football. And they've got to remember that the world we're living in is getting expensive and parents can't afford it. They need to they need to try and find a solution because kids need to be out in the, the fresh air with their friends, kicking the ball about, getting coached with these guys that go out and do it for absolute nothing. Um, so hopefully they can come with some sort of solution um, and and fund it even better. Yeah. Well, so you know these, yourself, Baz. You go to Germany. Health as well. I'm saying, you go to Germany, you go to Sweden, you go to all these places, but they've all got them in each village. But they put them in the village, so say it's the, the council, put them in the village, have them set up beautifully done, but then it's up for that particular village or that area to look after them. If they make a mess of it and don't look after it, they don't get the facility that gets left wrecking ruin then. But the, the facilities are full of youngsters enjoying themselves. And it's no surprise that all the likes of Sweden, Norway, Denmark have all got players now. Mm-hmm. And people ask for all the different reasons because they use it as a hub where everybody meets for every level. I mean, Barry will tell you, when we were about eight, nine, ten, well, definitely when I was young, mm-hmm. I was playing against guys at 18 and that would all put the jumpers down. It'd be 10 aside, 18 aside, whatever. It didn't matter. If you turn yeah. up, you just went on, you know, let's go and play. But it didn't cost you a penny. Anybody the ball, let's let's go. And that was it. And that's what I'd love yep. them to get back to because I keep going on here, there's too many of them not playing football yep. and this is going to make it worse. How, how are these boys' clubs 
Whatever talk Lanarkshire where we're yeah. from, how are these boys' clubs meant to afford to pay for pitches? I don't rent a pitch out for a couple of hours. What is it? £150? Like yep, and it's going up. And then you've got yep. to pay the referee on top of that and they've got to supply kits for the, the, the boys um, and the girls. It's it's not right and they need to try and find a, a solution to, to try and fund these these uh, boys' clubs and girls' clubs. Because mm. um, that's your future. Absolutely. That is your future. And Why did they become the biggest sport in Scotland? Forget the world yep. or whatever, but in Scotland, it's because it cost you nothing. Yeah. Everybody was working predominantly. Yeah, ninety percent of the people were working class. So they, that was a relief, you know, go down the park. Whether it was every day of the week, going back for school, and then it was you see the guys who were working all week coming up to play on the Saturday with their carryouts, and then that was it with the jackets down <laughs> yeah. playing football. That was yeah, brilliant. I know. It was brilliant. Yeah, Granny makes a good point. If you went in pre-season tour, say Holland for example or Austria, and you would stay in villages an hour for the biggest city. Mm. And they would have two or three pitches and kids would just be playing about and the facilities were, were unbelievable. That's something that we should maybe look at. And you were there with Rangers Because the facilities Scotland are good. And, yeah. yeah, there's some good yeah, facilities sure. like 4G artificial surfaces, but there are. They're, they're the, and the councils yeah. are charging an absolute fortune for these boys and girls clubs. And it is the best prescription for well-being for the young Mental people. Mental health as well. Exactly. What, what That's what I mean. The, the, what no. do they want them to sit in the house and play their Playstations or yeah. Xboxes? Sure. Or do they want them to get out Fresh air and spend time with their, their friends kicking a ball about. Well, and fitness as well, well comes that, in there. Well, that's what I was going to say, Well, me and Barry were both manager at Alwa. Yep. And they had the walking football on there. Oh, did you they? know, yeah. on like yeah. Thursday, I think it was, maybe before training or. You sure that the wasn't morning. a Saturday afternoon? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Three <till> five. <laughs> Sometimes. But you know what I mean, Paul? Yeah. So it's both spectrum. Yeah. The older people. Oh, the older people. Yeah. 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 So they were getting out. The guys maybe have lost their wives or whatever, yeah. meeting up with their friends. Mm-hmm going and doing walking football, yeah. they've done it at Fulham, all these places. So it doesn't matter if it's the youngest to the oldest, it's the one thing you throw a ball down, anybody can play sure. and anybody can take part. That's the biggest thing we're trying to say. And if it costs you money, people say, well, I can't afford to go and do this. And that's the first thing that switches them off. We complained about kids being yep. inside playing all their Playstations. Guarantee you that's going to get worse and we'll have less people playing because if it's going to cost you money to go out and play a game of football, which should be sacrosanct, everybody should be free for everybody. I hope some politicians are listening. You're both talking great sense. We don't need a commission to go and study it. We don't need, uh, you know, experts coming in and paying them. It's common sense. Mm. Absolutely. I'm there, not just talking it. about football. No, There's rugby, There's tennis, yeah. they, they, they need to have yeah. a look at this. For sure. under 16s, I believe it should be free. Yeah. They should try and get a fund in place to help these young kids. Because as you say, as mental health comes into it, fitness comes into it, and they're getting out. The best thing for kids and adults or anybody is fresh air. For sure. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get your teams. And what do you think at home? Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700 international games are just, what? Well, three days away. Scotland against Cyprus. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Chris obviously out in the travel there. Ascended a wee bit in the helicopter. There he is up in the sky. Chris <laughs> there with the lightest over the Kingston Bridge. Captain Chris. That's it, Captain Chris there on the line. Thanks, Chris, keeping us right up to date looking forward to the breakfast show tomorrow morning coming from Avi Moore the McDonald Resort up there I've been there Barry it's magnificent so Crofty and Grado and Rochelle and the whole team tomorrow morning ah. is Joe Maguire going as well or is he here at Go HQ well one thing for sure the football show ain't going is it uh. <laughs> staying here we don't get to go anywhere no 
It's not right, is it? Maybe they're telling us. <laughs> maybe it is. There's a maybe they're showing you, don't go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Peter Grant, Barry Fitt, they're just trying to put off giving us their Scotland team. Some of the other headlines today, well, asked by football Sklandlin if he was interested in a move to England. Carl Starfelt said, no, I like it very much as it is right now. My agent will take care of the rest. And then if something comes up, we'll deal with it then. But I have no thoughts right now except for Celtic. Uh, compliment or is somebody stirring it, Peter? No, I think at the end of the day that you do the right thing. I, I'm a great believer if you've got something up your sleeve anyway, it doesn't matter. You do your job. You concentrate what's in front of you. That's the other guy's jobs to talk about. I don't know where, why the questions come up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure. But also the thing you've got to be careful is here as well. It's like Kyogo not getting picked for Japan. Would someone take Carroll to the English Premiership? You know, would they say he's physical enough? You've all these questions. We had it even with Van Dyke up here. Mm-hmm. You know, but before he went, he had to go to Southampton and whatever. So you have all these problems that you're going to go in, especially centre half, because as a position, look, Carter Vickers has been excellent here. Down in England, nobody would look at him in the respect of that because they thought he was too small, mm. whatever, you know. So there's different reasons that comes along. But I, listen, I think he's batted away exceptionally well. He'd do the right thing, concentrate on doing his job here and everyone else takes care of itself if you play well. I'm trying to check it. I went on to, I thought I was being smart going on to Google, but it's either Swedish or German, but I know neither. I suspect, Barry, it's a Swedish uh, website there, a football website. This is going to happen, isn't it? Would he take Carter Vickers with him? And I'm joking about it because there's such a double well, act One now. thing about Starfield, he has certainly improved, but I think the improvements came way. I think Carter Vickers beside him has been an absolute rock at the back. There's no doubt. If Starfield makes a mistake um, which listen football players do Carter Vickers is always there to, to sweep up but one thing about the two of them is they've struck up a real good um, partnership and last season you could say he, he maybe struggled at times Starfield but this season he's been a lot stronger Back to Scotland then here is Lyndon Dykes uh, speaking about uh, Lesser Hamden Yeah it's been great um, the pitch today was amazing obviously coming in the change rooms was great Um and it was, yeah, it was it was really good, obviously, to see how much money uh, Queen's Park and that have put into that pitch and the facilities that we have got, obviously, coming in. Um, obviously, I've been in previous ones before, but then coming in today, um, it was a different feeling and um, the facilities that we have for us here uh, is definitely, definitely improvement. And like I said before, for us wanting to get to major things, we have to make sure we step forward in, in all departments. So... Um, having a pitch like that today and um, the facilities that we did have today and hopefully going forward then it's going to make sure that um, we can succeed in the future So Barry what's your lineup then for the first game Saturday Cyprus you, Yep your my, lineup. Yeah, My, my, my lineup. Yep. Right I'll go for um, if, I, I thought Xander Clark would have started but just to, I've been thinking about it the last couple of days we're bringing Angus Gunn in mm. I, I think he's going to start with Angus Gunn in so I'll go with Goalkeeper Angus Gunn, a back three of Porteous, Hanley and Tierney. Porteous, Hanley and Tierney, yep. Right wing back, Hickey. Yep. Left wing back and captain, Robertson. Mm-hmm. Jack and McGregor. And in front of them, Ferguson and McGinn and she Adams up top. And the only reason why I'm leaving um, Lyndon Dykes out, who I've just heard for the interview, is just with the illness and he's just played, uh, he's not played a full 90 minutes, am I correct in saying that, for QPR in the last... Seven or ten days, so that's the lineup I'm going to go with. Okay, so strong lineup. A couple of things there to talk about in a minute or two. Peter Grant, Peter, what's your lineup? You're not going to believe this. Uh-huh. 
and we have not seen each other, we've not spoken nope. to each other about nope. it. Mine's his gun. Yeah. Mine's his Hanley on the right hand side, Portis the central one, and right. Tierney on the left. Okay. Hickey and Robertson as the wing backs. Mm-hmm. McGregor, McGinn, Ferguson. McGregor, McGinn, Ferguson. You've got Ferguson in as well? Yeah. Yep. Adams uh-huh. and Dykes. And the, and the reason I'm going with Dykes is because if he's had that problem, you need to make it game speed. And if you're going to look to be playing him against Spain or whatever, or play with maybe one striker in this particular game, but I think against Cyprus, you've got to go with the two strikers, I believe. I think you've got Lewis Ferguson, mm-hmm. who, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I've been delighted that he's done so well because we spoke about him in pre-season, never mind uh, before he went. And as I say, I, I tune in to see his games when he's on the television. I've been very impressed with him. Not just his performance, his understanding, and uh, and I'm talking for experience here in the respect of being Peter the pointer. I'm seeing him organising the team and he's talking to his teammates, whether it's through his body language or his pointing where the, the areas and he's taking responsibility in the games I've seen. And I just think now's an opportunity. Now let's see what he's got and give him that freedom of playing in there. And I think with McGregor McGinn and him in there, it gives us a goal threat as well. We two midfielders, as in McGinn and Ferguson, and it gives you the two strikers, you know, up there as well. Because you've got enough defenders on the pitch, you know. And I think against Cyprus, that's what you've got to look to try and do. And if Dykes has got a problem, you can take him off. But I'd rather, me personally, if I was coming back for something like that, I'd prefer to start than come on because I think games are hard to come on and, and be involved in. So the only difference in the actual personnel is you wouldn't have Ryan Jack, you would go, yeah. you know, with Dykes there, you're just the formation slightly different. Barry, what would you say to Peter? You're yeah, remarkably I just think similar. The, the, the wing backs will be basically wingers. They'll play so far up up the pitch, um, and I think Jack McGregor being in the middle of the pitch, I think that allow one of them to go up and um, support. Obviously, she Adams along with uh, with Ferguson and uh, and McGinn, and I just think we playing one up top midfield runners defenders absolutely hate that, and that's one thing about Lewis and and John McGinn. Um, their runs from deep are excellent. Lyndon Dykes says he knows. They all know how important it is to qualify. Yeah, it was tough. From us going to the Euros now, having that success and being involved in that, I think everything that comes up to us now when we're not involved in it, it's going to hurt us. Um, We all want to play in major tournaments and especially from what we have recently done and recently um, showed what we can do, I think going forward we need to make sure we build that momentum and keep trying to build together to... Make sure when these opportunities come up, we don't miss out on those opportunities because the last thing you want to do is be sitting at home watching those games on TV thinking we should be there. We don't. We can't afford to miss out. I mean, obviously, it's a, I think it's a tough section, Peter. What do you make of it? The next games will be June after the game with Spain. I think, what do you feel? I think, Paul, I mean, I was very aware of it because even when we went to play Israel, I thought we were ignorant to it. You know, at times, because there was players in the Israeli team who have proven since how good they were. And there was somebody like 50 million fullback in it, you know. And I think we were disrespectful back here. I think the quality, we don't realise that certain guys play for certain countries playing in the top leagues, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what we've got to be. De Boer and all these guys were fantastic goal scorers. And I think we're always aware of that now. For me, part of the reason I picked the team again is probably only Kieran Tierney in that group of players. I know Dykes is just back. But probably Kieran Tierney's the only one that's not playing week in, week out. Where a few months back, I'd near enough said the full squad were near enough playing all the time. And I hope we're not going back to that scenario that we're turning up with players in the first game they're getting 
is after about six weeks of not playing with their, their club side and they're coming to play with the national team because that's very, very difficult. And I think that's where we're quite fortunate the last time, uh, the last few years, that most of these players have been playing games leading up to the international games. There's been a lot said about Kieran Tierney and the fact that he's not playing in every game, far from it, with Arsenal. But I don't sense any worry about him, the way that he plays, he's... No, he's, he's attitude, like he's he's mentally strong. I just the only problem with Kieran Tierney is he'll, he'll be frustrated, but he'll be desperate to go and get minutes, yeah. which he's not getting at, at Arsenal. And um, yeah, I think he's a type of character. I don't know him personally, but just be judging him and watching him and listening to him. Come the summer, I don't think he'll be at Arsenal. And listen, if I'm a top six English Premier League team, um, I would be. I would be in for him in a in a heartbeat. I, I think he's a he's a he's a top uh, fullback. I know I've put him in at the left centre half, yep. but he can also play there as well. So if he becomes available and for the price they're talking as well, thirty million pound, mm. you look at some of the fullbacks that have moved down in England for double that. I think it's an absolute snap. Well, that's what I was going to say. So if you put it in as a back four, you've got a straight choice to make between Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney as fullbacks. Who do you go who, for? Who do you go for? Kieran Tierney. Peter? Exactly. Yeah. I'm the exact same. But that's what I'm saying. So you're talking about Andy Robertson being people saying one of the best left backs in the world. And you put Kieran in before him. What's that's that your, you? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not down to Kieran's performance. He could yeah. seemingly come on another day there and was outstanding for Arsenal in the period of time he was on. And that's his, his Barry touched on his mental strength, his character. But the players at that level have got to be playing. And, and there's no doubt in my mind he will be moving to play. And there'll be plenty of suitors for him, top quality suitors. Just previously watching Scotland, when they've played, obviously, that, that Stevie Clark's favoured formation, the three at the back. And I think Tierney and Robertson, they, they communicate really well. They've got a good understanding because you've seen Kieran Tierney as left centre back sometimes in the, the, the byline of the opposition and crossing in, and Andy Robertson falls in. So I think they've got a, a good um, relationship. And you look at that, that left side, I mean, it's. It's really so strong. And Hickey, Hickey can play there as, as well. You've got Greg Taylor's not even in the squad. Yeah. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But the funny thing was, when Alec done it, well, you've got to pick one or the other because you've got to play a back it's four. True. It took a long you, time, didn't it? So no, we, we were trying yep. to say, well, hold on, hold on a minute. You've got two players. Why can't they play? And Kieran Tierney's fantastic at going and joining. And he could play left centre back. And everybody thinks when you play a back three, it's a defensive. And I keep talking about it. It becomes more attacking because you can people can release themselves. So it was never a problem. But it was the same people you'd say, well, who would you leave out? And they wouldn't give you an answer. Mm. You'd say, well, would you leave Kieran Tierney or would you leave Andy Rolf? Uh, 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 uh. sure. I'd play him at right back. Well, why would you play Kieran at right back? Because he's got to keep coming right. back inside. But it was always an argument we played the back three. I remember, yeah. You know, so people are yeah. always looking for something. It took a long time to Good get... players can uh, adapt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and Granny's right, a back three. A back three is actually more attacking <laughs> I agree because you've got three centre backs and if you're going to play two holders or even one holder they just sit behind the ball and protect and the rest as, you're, as I said the wing backs are basically if you're playing in that formation the wing backs are wingers and that suits Andy Robertson he's more comfier in my opinion in the opposition half bombing forward we haven't mentioned Scott McTominay and he's uh, speculation as well, uh, indeed I'm, I'm coming to that we've got, we've got two hours and Scott McTominay they're talking in England today that Newcastle want him at the end of the season now would Man United let him go um, under I would definitely see Scott playing at Newcastle because mm. the type of team they are and I think that's the way you look at it is how the team's built and Eddie's team's like that they like good legs good energy you know 
Scott's good at set plays, he's a powerful big lad as well. You know, people say sometimes he should pass quicker forward, sometimes he's just a safe passer and passes square, you know, but that physical presence and that energy, you know, I could see him playing for a Newcastle because, as I say, that if you look at the midfield players that they've already got in there, he would definitely complement that. And he's got a goal in him. And he can play in numerous positions. I'm not saying he's great in every position, but he can play in numerous positions as well. And I think you're not one of the biggest and you've got a player when you can spend a few bob on, he could play central midfield, he can play at the back if you play a back three, if you got an injury at centre-half, you know. And believe it or not, he started his career when he was a young man and he missed a lot of his career. He was a centre-forward at Manchester United. He got an injury, I think he was out for about two years or an illness or yeah. something, but it was two years, but they looked upon him as a striker. And it was only laterally, he became back. the midfield wow. player and that's why he ended up getting the contract there more than anything else. And then when Big Alec went down to speak to him to try and get him to come and whatever, he was delighted to come. Fantastic attitude to his game. So I've absolutely no doubt that he would do a fantastic job for Newcastle. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving him out yeah. my, my team, but I, I, I like it. I think he's a good player. And, and so many criticism, I think, is over the top with, with Scott McTominay. Because he does a good job for he Man does, U when he's called on. Yeah, yeah. he does. He, he's um, Listen, one thing about Scott McTominay is he always gives you 100%, and that's all you can ask. But listen, he can handle the ball, he can pass. He's playing at one of the biggest clubs. Mm. You're under pressure all the time. Um, but I can see that's another player I can see he's probably at an age where he's thinking I want to at least not be guaranteed because you're never guaranteed guaranteed to play week in week out but he'll be looking at I would think moving away from Manchester United We're in the summer to speak to a big Scotland fan Stephen just after the break The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road Darnley Let's go Thanks, Chris. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney and Peter Grant. And Stephen Reside is on the line. Stephen, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Yeah, Peter's just saying hi. The mic's up. That helps in radio. And Barry as well. And Stephen's turned me down as well. Not at all. Stephen's going to be doing the kilt walk. Stephen, I'll call you after the programme. He's going to be there on the 30th of April. Um, which you may be there as well. There's a football match on at 1.30 that day as well at Hampton. I know, but we can be up and out early at Glasgow Green, half past eight or something. Stephen, how are you doing? I know you love your Scotland as well. What's in your mind? Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I mean, we've we've given ourselves a bit of cushion, having already secured the playoffs. So I think we can go into these qualifiers um, and it'll really give us a gauge of of where we're at as a squad. I mean, what Steve Clark, I think, does really well is he keeps the core nucleus of players that he likes to call up there. He doesn't have too many new faces. Okay, we've got Dominic Hyam coming in yep. from, from Blackburn. But I, I'm looking at these games coming up against Cyprus and Spain, and it's crazy. I think we can actually give Spain a really good game. I think it's a game that we can go and win. I think, I think the way that Spain play will suit us to the way that we set up. I mean, we'll go with the five at the back and really look to, to hit them on the counter. And we've shown in games against, I think, Denmark, we were really dangerous mm-hmm. on the counter attack. So hopefully that can be replicated next Tuesday. Yeah, it's interesting, Stephen, because we talked about Spain and we'd all be hiding under a pillow. You know, thinking about Spain, playing against Spain a few years back. I think they've got top quality players all the same. I still don't think, I know they're talking about Marata as the goal scorer. I think he, he works so, so hard, but misses too many chances for me. And I look through the rest of the squad and I don't see a lot of goal scorers in the squad, you know, in the respect of that. And I think that's a wee bit they've struggled with Spain. They create a hell of a lot of chances. It cost them dearly in the World Cup, obviously. They created a hell of a lot of chances and didn't score the goals. I think the first game they scored six and then really struggled after that. 
you know. So that's the, the thing we're hoping for, that it continues that way. And as you say, maybe with the strong back line, you know, the concentration levels obviously have got about a lot, massive level. But I still think Spain have got a threat with the quality they have. But as you say, I think the Cyprus game is really, really important. Well, it's massive for us actually, because you've got to get the three points for that. You've hopefully going to score a few goals on it as well. And I know international football, that's not easy. Doesn't matter who you're playing. So it'll be interesting to see it going along. But I'm still a bit worried about Spain because I know they've got the quality of player they have. But probably the good thing is, as I said, I'm probably missing a striker. I'm with Stephen. I'm confident we can get the the six points. Look, Spain are. They've still got quality players, but they're not the powerhouse they were for me three or four years ago. Um, but you've still got to be respectful that the some of the teams that some of the players play for and the level they play at. Um, but we're at home, sell out both games. Um, and as Stephen says, we've secured the playoff. So it's one of the games where I just go for them and, and see where it where it takes mm-hmm. you. Because we've got we've got good quality yeah. players that are playing a a high level um, just don't think about the opposition mm. I think we'll take care of Cyprus um, and Spain as well I'm confident we can we can get the three points for Spain Stephen we like your positivity and it's not the Spain of well just over 10 years ago when they were the, the World Cup holders that was 2010 wasn't it so they, for four years they were the World Cup holders uh, what about the any surprises for you for the squad I, I hear what you say he loves continuity. Lewis Ferguson's been mentioned. John Hartson said last night he'd love to see him play. And Barry's got him in the team. So too is Peter Grant. What do you feel about Lewis? I was watching the, the Falter Scotia documentary that the, the SFA had just put on their YouTube. It's called National Team Mirror. Um, and he looks to me as if he's bulked up a wee bit. Um, and he's obviously playing in a more advanced role than in Bologna. And it seems to, it seems to suit him. The the worrying thing for me is Steve Clark, he doesn't like to change his starting eleven too much and Lewis hasn't had much game time in the past, but I'm hoping that he's brave enough to, to make that change because he's in great form and, and I think if we go with McGregor, McGinn and, and Lewis in that midfield then then that that'll be a really that'll carry a real threat. I mean I think Callum McGregor for me, I don't know what, what Barry thinks in this, but you look at Callum McGregor I think he could, you look at Liverpool's midfield just now, I think he could walk in there. That's how good a player I think he is. So, um, no, I think we've got a really strong midfield. The back line's really settled. A bit like Spain, the only thing we're probably missing is, is a prolific striker. Mm-hmm. I'm you... not saying that the, the players that we've got are as good as Spain, by the way, but, the, but for sure. what we've had in the past in Scotland squad, it's a much stronger squad than, than, so, than I think they've seen. So on uh, Lewis, Uncle Barry, has well, he bulked up a wee bit? Yeah, because the pasta's obviously lovely in <laughs> Bologna. <laughs> and the, food, the food will be amazing. But listen, I, I think the way that they train out there, it's sometimes they have three sessions in the day. Um, and I think his game's come on since he's he's left. In that short period of time, um, and he's playing with good quality players and he's coming up against real good quality players um, and he's a learner that's one thing about him um, he, he certainly he's certainly shown that he's more than capable of handling big occasions and, and I think he's he's ready because I've seen what six games now I've seen live and um, he's certainly out of the six he's probably been the best player three or four of them Peter, we're Glasgow's radio station and the West and Rangers fans will be saying why didn't Rangers come in for him at Aberdeen? It's only months ago you could see he had so much talent. Well, we spoke about it before the end of last season. 
when you were talking about the boys' contracts being up and there's obviously people talking about Lewis at the particular time you're saying well it's a no-brainer for mm. Rangers really in the respect of that listen we don't know the ins and outs and that Harry touched on it a few weeks back when he said that there was no sort of contact made which really surprised me because I thought the only way that wouldn't happen mm. was because financial it wasn't possible to happen sometimes then you've got to put your hand up and say well listen until he's blown us out of the water and that's the only way that would maybe wouldn't have happened it could have happened but if it was talent you know and you could afford it mm. We said it about him and Doig, both young Josh Doig, both of them, yeah. especially that was the areas of the pitch that Rangers were looking to strengthen. And I thought it would have been an absolute no-brainer. Stephen makes another good point about Lewis. I like him off the leash. Go get in that, that box. Look, he can play in the kind of holding midfield role, no problem, but I don't think it suits him. I think, I think what suits Lewis is, is go and get on on the, the end of the, the cross balls and that third man running that that and getting people's faces that's what suits Lewis. I thought that was his greatest asset and yep. I thought it was Aberdeen that hindered him when everybody was saying he's a sort of yeah, quiet I, I thought Aberdeen had changed his position to help the team but I didn't really see Lewis in the greatest light where he wants to play yeah I, 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 I totally I agree yeah, when I, when, agree. when I watched Aberdeen I'm thinking that doesn't suit Lewis yeah. I like Lewis just yeah, going and getting, getting in people's faces was tackling getting beyond the, the centre forward and getting on the end of cross balls was there a period last season when Scott Brown was in at the beginning and he was in the holding position and that allowed Lewis to yeah, the off the at the start yeah, remember the start of yeah. season, but also, obviously things change and Lewis went back into the, they were playing two holders at that time yeah. I don't think it suited Lewis Um but he did get his name in the score sheet through penalties. Um, but for me, he's much better in that forward midfield role. And Stephen, you're a big Motherwell fan as well. Are you trying to wind up Peter Grant and the Celtic fans there by saying that Callum McGregor, <laughs> you have complimented him, he could fit in the Liverpool midfield? Peter, I think, he, well, def I think yeah. he definitely could because he can play with the ball. He knows the area exceptionally well. He's always available to play. He, not necessarily just for his teammates as well to give him the ball. You know, which is so important. I mean, you're playing with the top teams you've got. Barry was very good at it as well when he played. You give these guys that want the ball all the time. He plays every game. And it's one thing that Liverpool have probably struggled with was the fact that they've had a midfield that they've had to chop and change constantly, yeah. you know? And it's getting a little bit older now. But Callum plays week in, week out. And he's been outstanding on his own. Plays in that central midfield place on his own. And, and Alec, as we spoke about during the season, we thought Celtic would miss him a little bit when he was out more... Matt Riley came in done very well but definitely there was certain situations where you knew you'd miss Callum and he's got that quality and he plays every game as you say for Scotland Celtic he turns up all the time he's ready to put the jazz on but more importantly he's a fantastic footballer The, the thing that impresses me about Callum McGregor is his consistency levels yeah. when you watch Celtic mm -hmm. he's always consistently good um, and he plays that role perfect because he was a more forward think midfielder yeah, a few years back and he's, he's obviously changed roles and I, I think it suits him, um, no doubt about that. But I, I can't see him moving away. Um, no. Well, Celtic fans will hope, certainly not. Well, there was a few uh, Celtic players that could certainly play down in England. <laughs> I knew you would quite enjoy that. <laughs> you, you, uh, Stephen, obviously a big Muddle fan as well. Uh, Liam Kelly, who's your keeper for this weekend, Xander Clark? Or are you going Angus Gunn? I'm going Xander Clark. Right. Because... I look at the game at the weekend, I don't know what the guys think. I think Liam Kelly could have did better for the, the free kick. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think it was, it wasn't right in the corner and I don't think he'd set his wall up right either. Mm -hmm. um, but I, so I was a bit disappointed at the weekend because 
I thought I thought we competed against Rangers, yeah. and I've not seen my team winning the league against Rangers in, in over twenty years, and I, I just thought that there was moments in the game if we could just uh, maybe hung it hung in there when it when it went to each, we could maybe nicked it, but. Nah, uh, we were disappointed with that the kick goal. So I'm going to go with Andy Clark. I think he's in great form. I agree. I think I think he'll go with Angus. But the reason I go with Angus is because when I look at Stevie's goalkeepers at Kilmarnock, they were all six foot plus. They were all massive. They were all six foot four, six foot five. You know what I mean? And Angus is running about that size. You know what I mean? And I think if you're bringing someone who's played in the Championship, England, and he's got very good stats by all accounts, you know, in clean sheets and whatever. Uh, he's one of the top-rated goalkeepers in that. So whether Stevie looks at that and says that the level he's playing at is higher, you know, than mm-hmm. Xander is week in week out. And to be fair, I thought every time I've seen Xander this season, I thought mm-hmm. he's done exceptionally well since he's come in for Craig Gordon. Mm-hmm. Big shoes to fill until the weekend. Uh, the weekend, yeah. But everybody makes errors, sure. and I've no yeah. problem with that. You know, I've no problem with that whatsoever. But that's why I just think Angus maybe get the nod on that. Barry, what do you reckon? Well, I, I've went with Angus Gunn, but. I think Xander Clark's done exceptionally well since he's, he's took over. Yep, he had a bad weekend and could have done better. Um, I'm sure if you asked Xander himself, he would he would admit that. But I've just got a sneaky feeling that um, Stevie Clark will go with, with Angus Gunn. Stephen, what do you reckon scoreline then on Saturday 2 o'clock? Are you going to go to the game? Oh yeah, I'll be there. Of I'm really looking forward to it. I think with the season Mullow have had... It'll be good to watch some good football, so I'm looking forward to it. Steve, I thought you'd uh, done watching. well at the weekend. Watching Listen, no, I no, thought no, the changing, no. see, see the change in the game was obviously Cantwell's goal where there was about four or five ricochets. And I offside. Think, I think if that never went in, <laughs> I think he's were well in the game. That just kind of killed you no. off with Cantwell getting that goal. No, I agree. Since Cantwell was coming, it's been much better. I'm just thinking of the season as a whole. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I... Um, I think I'm really looking forward to it. Um, scoreline. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of the Cyprus. I'll go two now. And um, against Spain, we'll get a draw against Spain. Go one each. Well, I think we'd settle for it. Barry's hoping for six points. But yeah, you've got to try. Of course, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Peter, no, I'll go for four as well. I think there's a possibility maybe a draw in the, the Spain game just because of their lack of firepower. I think they'll do what they usually do: is dominate possession of the ball. But I think the lack of firepower could maybe help Scotland in that particular game. Stephen, have you got that new retro top, the 150th anniversary one? Yeah, thankfully I managed to get a discount on it, so that was a, that was a relief. But I think it's the best kit that I've ever seen in my team supporting Scotland. It's an absolute peach. Yeah, as it's nine, yeah. Nine, 90 quid. I know, I know. 90 quid. Stephen, can you get some discount for Peter, <laughs> Barry, Paul, <laughs> J- James? <laughs> We're going to afford 90 quid easy. Oh, no, no, no. And Stephen, are you doing the kilt walk? I'll buy you one. I'll buy you one if you want one. Yeah, get the discount. Um, And Stephen, we'll see you on the 30th of April. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Great thing last year. Can't wait. Good. Uh, I'm rubbish on LinkedIn or whatever it is you're on, but I did see your message. I'll call you after the show. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. He knows his football, he knows his mother, and he knows Scotland as well. Thank you, Stephen. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to speak to Barry and Peter or you can join the conversation at Go Football Show. Barry, you were about to say something. That I can no, t- no, oh, no, I'm just thinking yeah. about obviously Stephen, his yeah. team. I, I've been impressed with Muddle. Yeah. I thought Muddle done pretty well. Uh, I know Rangers dominated a fair bit of the game but the way that Stuart Kettlewell set the team up um, and they tried mm-hmm. to play as well and normally when I've seen a beaker 
playing up top with Van Veen. They ov- he obviously changed the system because of the way Celtic, uh, sorry, Rangers played. And I thought they'd done pretty well. And that was a change in the game when that obviously mm. can't well put it in the back of the net. But, yep, they're definitely a major improvement in Muddle. And Peter, for the record, on Monday night's show, Barry said some of the calls were wrong, including Sakala was offside. I heard you mention that yeah, just a I, few I'm minutes just, ago. I, I, I don't know. know. I'm sure. watching the game live yeah. like anybody yeah. and I'm sitting watching it. And I thought um, Van Veen's goal, mm. I thought that was marginally offside. And when I seen Sakala going through... The first thing I turned around to my boy, I says, that, that's offside, he's just offside there. Yeah. I, I, I was the exact same, and that's what I'm saying. Yesterday, yeah, the flag would have just went up, it would have been offside, sure. or whatever, you know, and it was a mistake made, or vice versa, the flag doesn't go up, and he played on and said, oh, but he could have been offside mm-hmm. there, and that would have been it, finished, that would have been the talk in the pub. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's saying, oh, look at the lines are bent, this is done, and we're thick, they're not thick. <laughs> they're, yeah. You know, we're given so many... And as I say, instead of talking about how well Muller will play or what Rangers done, that's the big problem I've got with it. That's Grant, he mentioned the pub twice. He has indeed. He must be desperate for a pint. So during the news, the physio's coming in. Barry's the only one playing this weekend. He's playing at Ibrox. We'll talk about that after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Well, it's International Week. It gets away on three days' time. Two o'clock, Hamden on Saturday. Sell out 50, 52,000. Scotland against Cyprus. It's been 2-1 every time over the recent years when we've played them. 2-1 with Doers on Saturday and then Spain on Tuesday evening, 7.45, I think, at Hamden. And Stephen was with us there before the news and he's off to the big match. Barry, we mentioned before, and you're going to be playing Ibrox on Sunday and it's uh, Rangers 11 against some of the best Premier in the world. Yeah, Premier League. Yep, I'm looking forward to it again. Just seeing the guys, listen, you speak to them on text or, or speak to them on text, yeah. you, you're in a group chat or whatever, but to see them and have a good chat and go through the good old times and go on the pitch and, and try and kick a ball about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully there's a there's a good crowd there. Um, the Premier League 11 are, are pretty young, to be fair, so they'll have a few legs in their, their team, but G- we've, we've got a few young boys as well. Give us are, a few names. Uh, the ones that are no longer retired, Charlie Adam, mm-hmm. um, he only retired in the, the summer, Alan Hutton, guys like that. Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd, yeah, but he's been retired for the last 10 years, hasn't he, Boyd? <laughs> um, and then there's a few of the older yeah. ones, um, like uh, Ronald De Boer, myself, Amoruso. Um, sorry if I'm missing out a yeah, few, no. my, my mind just went blank. Sure. But listen, it's a, it's a good day and it's good to catch up with everybody and mm-hmm. you'll catch up with guys that I used to play against as well when I was down in England. Yeah, who are you up against? Give us a few of the names. Jack Wilshaw. Wow. Yep, yeah, who's pretty young. Young, yeah. So I'm sure he'll have a bit of legs. Uh, Michael Essien. Yeah, to be at Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. Yeah. Van Persie, um, Robin himself. What a uh, career! Yap Stam, guys like that. So, 
big yap. Just make sure, just make sure you're not running through in goals there. Yeah. <laughs> what time's kick off? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Sunday. So hopefully it's it's dry. Well, I like a bit of drizzle. So yeah. Just <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, Reagan, you'll be at the game, I would imagine. Big Scotland fan, you'll be there on Saturday at two. Good evening. Hi, Paul. Um, um, uh, thank you for having me again. Hi, Regan. Pleasure. Good to hear you. So, what are you thinking ahead of the game? I think we should play Che Adams. I think Che Adams play okay. well last year. Okay, uh, we're going to call you. Okay, now the line's got better. Okay, uh, Che Adams right away. Let's throw that. Barry, what do you think? Yeah, I've went with Che Adams yeah. um, up top. Um, listen, one thing about Che Adams, you, you again always go back to you can have bad games, you might not score enough, but one thing about Che Adams is what a shift mm. he, he puts in. Uh, for the team and I, I would just love to see him score more goals that's what number nines are judged on isn't it really scoring goals but one thing about Shea Adams is he's never let the national team down and that's the reason why I think he'll go with him um, look, I, I think him and Dykes are a brilliant partnership the only reason I've left Dykes out yeah. is because of the, the serious illness and the need to obviously look he wouldn't be in the squad if he wasn't fit enough but I'm sure you just need to keep an eye on Lyndon Dykes but for me Shea Adams starts up top yeah, I'm the same. I think I've went with Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes to play, and I'm slightly different for Barry in that respect. Um, but I think if you're going to play him, the amount of work he puts in, he has to score more with the chances that he's had. But as we probably, as ex-players, you always appreciate the players that work so hard for the team and put the back line under pressure. He does that fantastically well. But it'd be great if you could play him against Cyprus. It'd be great if he could knock the ball into the back of it a couple of times. You know, they're, they're the things you're always judged on, and hopefully gets that opportunity. And that's why I would go with the two strikers. Um, what about the, at the back? Would you go the same as Peter and Barry with Porteous, Hanley, and Tierney? Um, I don't know, Paul. I'm talking to my granddad. He, he seems to find the guy from Blackburn a very good player. So I don't know if I'd play him. Okay, Dominic Hyam. I doubt if he'd come straight in it's well, just well, not like the manager know better. Yeah, exactly <laughs> Randall knows his stuff for sure <laughs> Yeah, uh, you never know stay with us let's check John Bleasdale big Scotland fan as well is with us good evening John even Paul even Barry Peter how are you guys evening, evening John yeah, how are you doing John well we know the international scene is definitely on John You, when you come on here that's it officially happening <laughs> what do you think do you think we're going to see for example Dominic Hyam coming in I don't see him starting given he wasn't in the original squad, although you can never um, predict a Steve Clark team, as we know. <laughs> I think um, I think with Henry dropping out, I think it's more likely McTominay's going to start as the right centre-back. Personally, I would have him in midfield, but I think that's what he's going to go with. Um, I've got a feeling, though, that um, Barry's nephew is going to be starting this weekend, and I think he's earned that his performances at Bologna, but maybe not the Spain game. Why? I just have. I just think that with Cyprus we're going to be in the front foot, and he brings that yeah. um, attacking threat into the game, mm. and that's probably why I see him more starting this game, um, but maybe not Spain. But then if he comes in and does well against uh, Cyprus, who knows what will happen for the Spain game? But you just never know. I just, I th- I've just mm. got a feeling McTominay because we'll be in the front foot against Cyprus should be on the front foot against Cyprus, um, and he's a ball playing, um, you know, right centre back when we use him. Mm. That's probably why we'll play him there, but um, I would ask him in midfield because when he was in midfield in the games against Ukraine and Ireland and by September, he was outstanding, especially against Ukraine. Good rationale. No, I understand. And listen, what you're saying about young Lewis, I know what you're saying because Stevie is predominantly, and I don't mean this in a negative way, he is a defensive coach. You'll be thinking that Spain are going to have a lot of the ball 
and he's probably going to go with a, a central midfield player along with Callum McGregor if he's God willing he stays fully fit so you probably want to have somebody like a Ryan Jack or a Scott mm-hmm. McTominay in there you know for me I, I would I would have McTominay actually because I think you're going to have to need the legs to get after it you know in that particular game but it, it all depend and we always used to look at it and think well if you look to the next game you end up picking an injury in someone yeah. you have a problem with but Lewis hopefully goes in and does the way and it, it continues to play the way he's playing for Bologna because that's all you're asking. And I think sometimes what you get with international players, they try and change their game because it's an international game. And they say, no, no, you're picked for the reason because of the way you play with your club. And if we get the boys to play to that level, they've, <laughs> they've got a really good chance obviously against Cyprus. But the Spain game is the one where you have the concentration levels. And then again, I'm looking at Lewis and thinking, well, he's playing against that type Week in, oh, week out, sure. with that quality when you're playing Inter Milan's, AC Milan's, oh. you've got to have that concentration level, even though he's playing in a more attacking role. So I wouldn't rule him out playing against him. I think he'd be comfortable playing against Spain anyway, but I can understand exactly what he's saying, playing with two sitters instead of maybe the one which you'll probably use against Cyprus. Right. Regan, what do you think then on Lewis before we ask Barry? Would you, would you have him in both games? I would probably, like I said, he's playing against very good players. Yeah. And, and uh, when he's playing in the uh, Serie so I don't think it'll be a big step up for him and I think in terms of the, the midfielders that are playing like Jack or or Billy as well I mean, Billy's not he's hardly played and, it's, and I think Barry and Peter will tell you it's very difficult to go into a game when you're hardly playing much Almost impossible isn't it Barry at you know, international level if you're not playing as Billy Gilmer hasn't What about Lewis for both games so you've yeah. got him in for Cyprus As I said Paul I've, I've yeah. watched him as much as possible when I can and, and he, he stood out and he's playing in a, a tough Grant he's mentioned it Serie A it's one yeah. of the toughest leagues to play in certainly defensively because you know what they're like the Italians they love defending and that's what they work on and and Lewis has, has nicked a, a few goals um, so yeah I, I would have no qualms um, playing him in, in both games but John makes a, a valid point about McTominay playing in the back three because when you're going to have the vast majority of possession, which I think Scotland will have against Cyprus, McTominay's very good at coming out with the with the ball because he's naturally a, a central midfielder. And Tierney will do that on the left side because he's very comfy um, coming out. So it'll be interesting to see because um, everybody's got their own opinion. There's a few differences in opinion. So it'll be interesting to see that, what That's why I'm disappointed that like Jack Henry's not available. Because yeah. I think yeah. he was starting to find his feet and then he was back to Bruges and he was playing well there and all of a sudden he gets the injury. And he was doing that very well. I know he gets a lot of criticism because he switches off at times, but the one thing that we're looking for is Jack uses the ball very well from the back, which you're going to have to do in, at, at the highest level. You have to be able to do that from the back. Now, you have to be able to defend, of course, mm-hmm. but your, your distribution from the back is so, so important because teams sit off you a little bit and the centre-backs are allowed to... I've, got to make a pass they have got to make a pass nowadays at that well, level one thing I will say I've, I've seen Portis a couple of times as well yep. down at Watford and, and he's impressed and that's one of his strengths um, the only thing you could label against Portis is his concentration level at times yeah. but that seems to have got better and when I've seen him for Watford in a couple of games what game was it I think it was a Burnley game they were playing Burnley away and they drew one each and he was he was Good excellent. Yeah. And Burnley were Burnley are flying yeah, high in sure. the top in of the, the table. And the manager, yeah. the managers went to a back three as well mm-hmm. down there. You know, since the new managers went in at Watford, yeah. he's changed their back three. So he's actually playing the system that Stevie plays. For everyone, I want to play John Carver speaking yesterday about the players. They know how important it is to qualify. Sitting at dinner last night was one of the noisiest dining rooms 
I'd been involved in because the lads were so pleased to see each other. There's a great spirit, but there's some ambition there as well. And the disappointment, we have to use that disappointment of not qualifying for the World Cup and sitting watching it on TV to our advantage. And I'm sure every single player that's come in is motivated to make sure that we try and get into this next tournament and be competitive and continue that into the following World Cup. John, I love that. I love his determination because you would have been in Qatar, wouldn't you? And you'd be hoping to be in Germany. They are so unified, this squad. Yeah, I mean, missing out in the World Cup was a um, was a bit of a blow, but we've recovered well in that Nations League campaign. You know, we won the group and deserved yeah. to win the group. You know, the way we put Ukraine aside that game at Hamden was impressive, and the way we dug out the 0-0. Um, so there's definitely, uh, you know, there's a lot of fans that have been pessimistic because they're looking at Norway and Holland, they're mm-hmm. looking at um, Georgia and the boy from Napoli, whose name I can't pronounce. But yeah. let's just um, think about our strengths. It's a tough group. There's no getting away from that. It's probably the toughest um, scenario we could have got. But we've come a long way under Steve Clark, and we're going into these games with belief. And, um, you know, if we can nullify the threats to the opposition, then we've got a chance. And even Spain next week, yeah, Spain's going to be very tough. Mm. But if Spain just pass the ball and pass the ball and pass the ball and don't do much with it, then like they did in the World Cup then we we have a chance you know we've got to show a bit of belief and if we can just stay in games then, then you never know I mean I'm, I certainly think we'll win on Saturday mm-hmm. it won't be easy but I do think we'll win the game against Spain I'm com- quietly confident we make a point in that one Cavara Donna they call him of course the uh, the player for Napoli um, I want to ask the guys on the phone what they think about the pitch a lot's been said about Orium strong stuff in the paper today I feared for our star safety at Orium this is what John Carver was saying well it looked good on the eye you guys were there quite often and you only seen us working in small areas but for some reason the, the surface would just give away so to the guys who, who were training on it it was a for me, it was a safety hazard. It was a health risk. And I'm surprised we didn't get any really serious injuries from it. Especially the pace and the tempo that these guys were playing at and are playing at now. And, 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 and it was a big concern. It was a huge concern. Barry? Well, it's safe to say they won't be back at Doria. <laughs> sound like uh, it. Well, as I say, when we were there, but no, yep. it was actually called Hamden, the pitch you train on. Because it was everything, the dimension, everything was the same. Oh, did they? Everything. Yeah. Everything so was done. Orium, they called that the Hamden that pitch. That was Hamden pitch. So it was perfect. We, we had no complaints whatsoever. Is it the Hamden groundsman that had done the no, pitch? No, 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 it was looked no. after up there. Right. It was, the, the people done a fantastic yeah, job. Sure. And we never had one complaint. I can honestly say that with my hand in my heart. Okay. The place they used to train it was a bigger hazard. Yeah, you as said. As I said at the hotel. Sure. Yeah. Now, I'm really surprised they're using Queen's Park because Lesser Hamden, they've not, Queen's Park have not used that yet. Mm-hmm. They're not playing any games. They're playing at Stenhouse Muir. Yeah. So that'll be a completely new pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Well, here's what he had to say about Hamden, lesser Hamden, yesterday. Well, the decisions were basically we had to move from Orion because we couldn't get any accommodation in the hotel there. But also, when you've got somebody like Willie Hockey who wants to help the national team, him and his staff and the people behind the scenes have been incredible. That facility that we've trained on this morning, inside the dressing rooms, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is amazing. But the amount of people that have done so much hard work behind the scenes, again, is incredible, considering it's Queen's Park's facility. The surface is Premier League standard, right? We haven't had one player slip on the surface this morning. With all due respect, again, to Orium, the surface there was a safety hazard in my eyes. Now, we've gone to this place, and it's on another level. Now, if that 
doesn't inspire me. Well, it does because you can tell the way I'm speaking about it. But if you ask a player, it certainly will inspire a player. They must have got a massive boost when they walked through the door this morning, seen those facilities, seen the changing rooms, and then walked out onto the pitch, because I did. Barry? He's making me want to go and see it. Yeah, <laughs> he does. And, and train on it. Yeah. Regan, for you? Did, I mean, yeah. I've seen it on the TV, and let's be honest, there has been a fair bit, he's mentioned, um, the, the, investment the investment that's been on it at Queen's yeah. Park, and you could see it in the surface. It did look, it's easy to... It looks good on, on camera, but he's obviously saying it's a, a Premier League standard surface, um, so there, there'll be no excuses. Regan, any view Paul, on it? A, yep. Paul, Paul, for me, I just find it strange because Pearson was very good, and then John Coverson was really bad. But it's so, been a few I, years since I've been there, Regan, you know, that's so the that, that's the difference. I can understand because the facility was predominantly the rugby and they're, they're using the gymnasium, which the players are all used to doing now. You couldn't really do that because the amount of people you had to pick a certain time and what to go on it. So I can understand that side of it. Pitch-wise, I couldn't complain, but it was a, it was the best of a bad, very bad situation because I couldn't believe Scotland never had a training facility. You know, they never had a training facility. As I say, we were using St sure. Mirren. They'd usually give you three quarters of the pitch and they were fantastic with us, but you could only use a certain part of the pitch. And this so, is the international This team. is international. Sure. Bear in mind, these facilities that these boys are training at with their yeah. clubs... Of, of world course, class. exactly. So yeah. for me, when you open the door to go into a training pitch, the players should be going, "Wow, mm. this is fantastic!" Because that's what they're used to every day, you know. So the, I think there's more of a problem there with the facility, as in all round. I don't know about the pitch now because, uh, as I say, it's a few yeah. years since we trained on it. Obviously, exactly, Regan. I think that's the thing. And John, it sounds. Uh, I mean, from our point of view, it's great to have Scotland preparing back here in Glasgow. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> At the end of the day, as long as the, um, the players have got somewhere where they're comfortable training, they can do what they need to do, then and that's all that really matters. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not good to hear that um, there's problems with Orium, and I hope that gets sorted out. But to be frank, Lance, it doesn't no. matter to me sure. as a fan where they train, as long as they do the training and do the basics and get yeah. themselves ready for Saturday. <laughs> right, so you've said, what's your scoreline, John, for Saturday? Me, I'm going to go with 2 0. 2 0. Reagan, Saturday, what do you think? What? Right, we'll check. That's not a great line. I think we'll just we'll check with you. James will speak in a second or two, Regan. I don't know what is in the line there just now. And uh, John for Tuesday. For Tuesday, I'm going to go optimistic and go one-one. One-one. Yeah, I heard that earlier on as well, Peter. No, yep. I was the same. I think yep. if you get a point against Spain, and I think that'll be down to the fact that they may have a lot of the ball, but hopefully. You know, with the, the organisation as we talk about and the training they do, they'll be able to get defensively organised because you'll have a lot of chasing to do on the football pitch because you know that when you play Spain. And as I said, the benefit is I don't think they've got an out-and-out goal scorer and that could be the, the, to Scotland's favour. Regan, what was your Tuesday scoreline again? Uh, I'll go for a draw, Paul. I'll go for a draw. Uh, you're going for the draw as well. Barry, final word. On scoreline. And Saturday, I, I'm yep. pretty... Uh, two or three now. Scotland mm -hmm. and then Tuesday night it depends on um, injuries or yeah, whatever sure. but uh, listen you've well, got to listen you've got to be confident uh, look, I'm going to go 1-0 Scotland there you go John have you got the new retro because I know that uh, Reagan's got the new one I think John have you got it 
No, I've no. not got it. ran out within minutes, but you know, when you've got two kids to think about, um, <laughs> no. I, don't think just, I can't justify making no. spending one football top. No, 90 pounds. Yeah, and then the kids' yeah. ones, I get told today, but I think 65, 70. Yeah. Come on. 70 pounds. It's too much. It's, Come it's on. ridiculous, as John says. There, he's got two yeah. kids. You Reagan, have you got the strip? No, I've not got the call, but I think I might get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bit expensive. Eh? Yeah, you're hoping to win the lottery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know it's really expensive, and I know we need more money in the game and stuff. But my goodness, ninety, 90 pounds! 90 wow, for a yeah, a football strip. Wow, Reagan, John, thanks so much for joining us. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go. Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant and Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show. 0808 08, 17 17 700. Scotland fans calling in. Good to speak to John there, huge Scotland fan, and Reagan as well. And a bit of chat about the, the new retro strip. The strip itself is magnificent, it's isn't it? Yeah. I've got to be honest with you, when I, when I seen it, I thought to myself, yep, I'm all over the top of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. An absolute belter, but... Ninety pound, sure. what John just said there. How yeah. can he like afford that when you get two kids and? Yep. But seemingly it's sold out. It is in moments. Yep. And Peter, you said it does cost so much money, doesn't it? To that, follow that's the football. Problem. Yep. That's the biggest problem I've got, Paul. We don't want to lose all the kids and whatever, no. you know, and the parents and that, you know, as well. It's just, and it's I feel for the parents because all the kids see if somebody else they see it with, they want to get mm-hmm. it as well, and it's so so difficult. And that's what I'm saying as cheap as you could probably football used to be the cheapest sport as in respect it never really cost you anything you know now we're seeing it's yeah. really really difficult just take myself back when yeah. I was a, a kid my mum and dad used to remember Robert stores of course aye. yeah. and Greaves obviously aye. I used to go yeah. in there love Gordon look, Street yeah, yeah <laughs> love looking at the strips and the boots and, used to yeah. love your auntie or that going to Spain they'd come back with but it was supposed oh, to say Ronaldinho, but it was What was your favourite Scotland top over the years? Both of you have a think. What was your I like, I I like just a plain one. one. I like huh? just a plain one with the white collar as you've got the now yep. with the long mm. sleeves, Dennis Law, Billy Bremner. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. That was my favourite Scotland. The law then, and I just yep. think Scotland should be that just as plain as you plain. possibly can. Yep. You know, the white shorts, red socks. Get on with it. It's going yeah, to a few bad ones in my time. Oh, there have been. Remember Fila? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah. You had to wear it, didn't you? Yeah, horrendous. Yeah. What was it, the quality as well? Yeah, yeah. and it was just. It just <laughs> was oh, right. One that's size the, fits all. Uh, the wilderness. <laughs> what was your favourite one? Oh, Dad, do you know what? Yep. The, the plainest ones were my favourite. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I, I didn't like anything too, too flashy. Um, yeah, but I quite. I did, even mm. the, the last Scotland strip there mm. was. Was nice and plain. Yeah, the big badge. I like the big badge and just a plain top with just a, a round neck. I like them. Plainer they are, the better yeah. for me. Yeah, what, what was your favourite Celtic strip, Peter? Have uh, you yeah, you played in which one? Of the one did you I prefer? Yeah, yeah. Most plainest ones, Paul. I was just well. Remember, I was there when we wore the. the C.R. Smith on it for the first time. Yeah, sure. We played it Dundee. Mm-hmm. In fact, I scored the first goal. Did you? With, with C.R. Smith? With uh, a sponsor on the front, wow. full stop. Because remember, we only wore them on the shorts, a number on the shorts mm-hmm. and the back side, yeah. the front and the back. And it was only in European games we'd wear a black yes, number. It looked horrible because it, it looked the terrible, white. but yeah. it was because of television, whatever. Sure. So the plainer, the better for me. But the Lisbon line strip for me is that's, that's the one. It'll never be touched, no, will never, it, from never, Celtic's never, point of view? Never, ever. That's right. Never, ever yep. be touched. That, that, that was playing yep. Celtic, that's a Celtic mm-hmm. strip for me. I remember C.R. Smith going on Celtic and Rangers at the same time. It was a yeah. massive story. I remember covering it. My, my Barry, strip, your favourite? I don't know if you remember, it was blue with thin white stripes. Uh-huh, yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it was quite playing with the big, mm-hmm. the big badge. I, I think Rangers played in that. My debut, they wore that mm-hmm. Bobby Williams. Yeah, and the exact same. The, the wave strip was white. Blue, yeah. It was white with a blue pinstripe yeah. on it. Yes. Is that what they wore that day? Yeah. 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 I, was coming, I always remember John McClellan. McClellan. Skipper, yeah, Way no, to Watford. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first Rangers strip. Right, yeah. What was your all-time favourite Rangers strip? I know. Like he's putting you on I the like spot, People like this. See, the, Ross in LA always enjoys this. He's, it's a, maybe he's missing home. He's saying, I love that when Peter and Barry give it all that kind of stuff. Yeah, honestly. So, come back. hope he's listening I'll, after the Oscars there. Yeah. There's a, there's okay, few. right. Yeah. Well, sure. if you look about them, Yep. And if I'm looking at Rangers strip and you're looking at it and you're thinking when they won was it Cup Winners Cup in 72? Yes. That was plain wasn't it with just a blue top with a white collar wasn't yep. it with the white shorts Big Derek red socks that. that was just a straightforward that's what I always remembered Rangers right. as yep. you know, but Barcelona as, yep. yeah and it just as I say the Lisbon Lions you just never beat that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just thinking back to those ones so many of them. Listen come on the socials at Go Football Show what's your favourite strip I thought Peter was going to say anyone with the hoops or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was coming. Well, I, was, I, well, I never swapped any of them. That's for the reason. I know you didn't. I used to no, say they were hard enough to get. Sure. Never mind giving them away. Mm-hmm. I remember. I think I've told this. Tommy Burns came in um, for the big charity, the radio charity, and he came in unannounced. Came to reception, and he had a big bag of. Celtic tops and tracksuit tops the official ones and he gave them for the kids for children in the west of Scotland he said Paul that's some cup final from you know in the mid 80s or whatever um, it, it was phenomenal and it got fortunes I remember so Hugh Fraser coming on you know Fraser stores and all yeah. that he came on and bid for it so and that was the start of it all people coming on God rest him Paul yeah. nearly mocking yeah. a famous mm-hmm. footballer but obviously nearly led us in the, the ground staff yeah. nearly had a hoard up the stair for strips for the 60s and 50s I mean and not maybe not in polythene but they were all wrapped he would never ever give them away is that right? oh yeah. I hoarded them I was a yeah. hoarder and you used to go up there as his ground, on the ground staff and see all the strips for yesterday and it was mesmerising for us been, yeah. it was mesmerising to just see it all you know just sitting there the magic people would love to get behind the scenes you're so lucky having lived it yeah. I was lucky enough to dip in and out Jimmy Bell must have kept stuff I would imagine as well yeah, he'd an Aladdin's know. cave um, the late Great Jimmy Bell, I used to go in there and the amount of stuff, the amount of strips, mm-hmm. players that would play against strips, um, off. that was that was some room and you, you, you had to like you to be allowed to get into that room. Um, Jimmy, the, another one just came, remember the, the Ranger strip, the granddad collar, the wee button? Oh the, yeah, that's right, uh-huh. That was um, that was another decent strip. I like that one. I'll, I'll get it up for you. Right, okay. You're, you're on, there it's there. You can tell when I'm just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get to know what I was looking at. You get to know me now. Yeah. You're like, no, I don't no, know what you're talking about. That one. I definitely don't do. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course, exactly. That was oh, the McEwen's Lager. And I can see... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Woods and all that. I, I can that's see from, Gary Steele. Gary Wilkins. Gary Wilkins. Oh, yeah, he was a captain. I remember him kicking the door yeah. when he came in the door at Celtic Park, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, he was I, an interview. It was great days, wasn't it? <laughs> it was see down tunnel. I was lucky enough to be there, and you'd see so many of these moments, uh, including that one. It's phenomenal, though. And then, as you always say, the play, look at the way you took it on, Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson. Now, at, at the time, I know you didn't actually play each other, but you are typical of people, local guys who loved their football clubs and lived the dream, and every minute of it, you enjoyed. And I hope that young people, whatever you do, give it absolutely everything. I don't know what Granny thinks, but sometimes when you think of the games you played and what what you want, when you actually play, sometimes you take it for granted until you actually like take a a step back mm-hmm. and think uh, 
how privileged and luck, there's a bit of luck as well involved. Oh, I'm a bit, I always say that to people, it's not just through ability and hard work, you need a bit of luck whether there's an injury to a first team player and that gives you the wee window opportunity to get in and, and take your chance. Um, there is a bit of luck involved, but um, no, brilliant times. And is it true that it's not always the best players who necessarily make it? I remember people saying that. Well, Give I'm it everything. It. No, yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, no yeah. I'm serious, Paul, sure. because listen, I've no, I've no doubt I played with some wonderful players and through really uh, good players, uh, exceptional players actually, you know, but at the end of the day, you've got to have something. I had obviously a strength because we went through a period of managers, mm -hmm. but every manager I played under, every manager was selected every week under every manager. The games I missed was either injury or suspension. Very rarely was a drop, very rarely was on the bench. So I had something. So I'm belittling myself in that respect, but it's fact, there was a hell of a lot of good players you played with and Barry talks about it. People throw stats at me. Many games you play, I don't know. Somebody will come on and tell you you played this X, Y, and Z. Many go, I wouldn't have a clue. Mm. Because it was all about next week or the next day, yeah. as in game, the training went, because I had to prove yourself in training. And then it was about the next week playing. I hope I play well so I can stay in the team. But that's what you wanted to do. And once you had a taste of it, you never get sick of it. You just wanted more and more and more. You know, and that's what it was. It was just, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, you just wanted more of it. And probably because you know, we were brought up supporters of the clubs. And we knew what it meant to everybody, your family, but you knew what it meant to the supporters and whatever. And you wanted to get leave everything on that. Whether it was good, bad, or different, you just wanted to leave everything on that turf for them and give them everything. Whether it was good, as I say, whether it was good, bad, or different. It must be hard for you to be objective sometimes if people come in, for example, a Leicester City four years ago for Brendan Rodgers. I'm trying to think at Rangers who's gone to a club that first you say, I mean, it's a Ryan Christie going to Bournemouth. Who's gone from Rangers to somewhere that... Steven Gerrard to Aston Villa. Because it, it must, deep down, and everyone knows you both so well, what? You go from Ibrox to Villa Park? Or the you the go only from, difference yeah. now is the money side of, down in England. Yeah. The, the, the money in terms of salaries and budgets. If, if you're a manager, if you're a player, if you're playing at the top of your game up here and you mm. go down to England, even bottom half of the table, you're double or a, doubling or trebling your salary Absolutely. easily. Yeah. If you're playing with Celtic in the Premier League in England, yeah. you're going nowhere. Celtic are getting rid of you. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. You know, if you're playing in the Premier League in England, because you don't want to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's where people people talk about Real Madrid. Modric's been there for so long. Where's Modric going to go to? Yeah, sure. You know, for Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. And people say, oh, he's going to move. He's 37. He's still the best midfielder, or one of the best midfielders in the world. You know what I mean? So where's he going to move away from? And I, you see him at Tottenham, you think, a oh, big club playing in the Premier League. Mm. He wanted to go to Real Madrid because yep. he thinks they're bigger. And it doesn't matter if it's in the Premier League in England. Yeah. He thought Real Madrid were a bigger club. Look at Edouard at the moment, you know, not doing very well at Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson back in charge. It's, but it's similar so to what's going to happen. I'll take example at Ryan Kent just now. Running out of contract and he's got a decision to make. Does he want to stay and, and get a good, right good salary at Rangers and have a right good chance of winning medals and trophies? Mm. Or does he go down to a bottom half Premier League team, top half Championship team? Maybe it's going to get promoted and double his salary. Is it you got to think of your career after football, which every player's got a right I to know. do? It's a short career, yeah. or do you want to stay and still get a right good salary? But at the end of your career, you can go and look and think, right? There's my medals. I've um, I've done what I wanted. That's why you're in football to win things, but also it's a job. You've got to try and earn, earn but, money and think but, of your family. But I'm not being disrespectful. Some of the clubs you'll go to, 
nowhere near Rangers. Uh, but, uh, but that's what I'm saying. But also, them. if you talk about Hall of Fame, an X, Y, and Z club to a Hall of Fame or something at Rangers yeah. or trophies or whatever, yeah. nothing compares. You know, Peter. If I wonder in your case, and I'm going to come to Barry in a second because Man United came in for him. If you were playing just now, and you let's say you're on twenty five, thirty thousand a week at Celtic, and if a club in England had come in for you, uh, a Leicester, a, a Bournemouth, or you know somebody mid table to lower table, but doubling your wages and maybe trebling, what I do you think you would do? Because you've got a family to look I after. I remember as well. at the time when George Graham was at yep. Arsenal, and they were talking about myself going down at that particular time at Arsenal. I, I had no interest, no interest whatsoever, because I'd have made more money, of course, much more. Yeah, but. Cost of living in London that would be much more for me as well, you know. But at the end of the day, people talk about it, and I know we float away quite easily. We were living the dream. The money didn't mean anything. You know, Arsenal compared to Celtic for me at that particular didn't mean nothing. And whether it was good, bad, on uh, different times at Celtic Park at that particular time didn't matter. It was. I had one dream when I was a kid: was to pull on the hoops once, run out at Celtic Park once. And I keep going on about it. People talk about the, the debut against Rangers. And I say, yeah, but it was a following week because only wanted to run out at Celtic Park once. Then you could have put me in the big box and said, thanks right. very much. And that was all I wanted to do. So I never, ever lost that. Mm. I told you the day I was leaving, even though it was the right decision, the day I was leaving, I couldn't look back because the tears in my eyes. But I knew it would never been back. And it was, I, I was glad the way it went because I had made that decision. I knew it was the right decision for the club and for me. You know what I mean? So, but it never, take, it never yeah. leaves you. But did the club take advantage of you as a homegrown? I think they did. I remember yeah. at the time. Well, if you remember, I went, you. I, I went yeah. 18 months on month-to-month -month contract. 14 months, sorry, 14 months. Right. And then at the end of it, Celtic said that, yeah, Peter was getting underpaid and he should have been getting the money he was yeah. on. And I was like, well, I wasn't asking, I wasn't being greedy. Mm. Yeah, I knew what it was worth. I wasn't stupid. But the funny, obviously, the thing was there was no Boston ruling. No. So Celtic can just hold on to your mm. registration. And they could ask for anything. They could ask for 10 million. You know, nobody's going to pay it. So you've got to sit there. And listen, I was playing every week. And yeah. that was the thing that hurt me more than anything else. And I ended up signing the contract after 14 months. So every Friday... That's crazy, every, A month, a month, month, month contract. Every Friday, Barry, I had to go up and sign so I could play on the Saturday. Every Friday, I had to go up for I 14 months. Yeah. yeah, because I couldn't... Because I was out of contract, mm. wouldn't sign the contract. So every Friday, I had to go and sign the contract... That was before the boss moved. So it was a huge story in case we get too dewy-eyed about it all. And look up the story of Jimmy McGrory. Jimmy McGrory, Arsenal wanted him and they met off the train. Have a look, it's not time, but look it up. And it's fascinating. So Jimmy McGrory, the all-time top scorer in British football, correct? Still yeah. is. And uh, Celtic wanted to sell him and he didn't want to go and they still tried to sell him at the time. The great Tommy Burns. Yeah. Happened with that when Liam Brady left. Mm -hmm. um, Terry Neal, I think, was a manager. Wanted mm -hmm. Tommy to go. To Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you remember, Tommy fell out with the club because of it. And Tommy, I remember, it was a one and only time I'd probably seen Tommy being unprofessional. He came into training, unshaven, he'd a beard, he'd put on weight and what? everything in pre-season yeah. because he never went with the first team. Because at that particular time, he felt he wasn't getting looked after with the club and I think he was wanting to go at that particular time. But Arsenal wanted him to replace Liam Brady. Mm -hmm. and see, well, he, see the thing is, Arsenal issue, everybody's different. Yeah. See, look, for the, look, I'm just taking it as an example of the Ryan Kent situation that's happened just now. Yeah. If he decides to move to double his salary, he's got every right to do, do yeah. so. Everybody's everybody's different. And he might stay. no, do you know what? I'm going to stay, I'm going to still get a good salary, not as much as down south. Mm. I'm, I'm still going to be comfy, but also I'll have the opportunity 
to, to win medals and trophies. Man United wanted you. Do you have any regrets that you didn't go to Manchester no, United? I did, with them all, no. I had a lot of interest over the, the years and I, I left to go to Blackburn for reasons. Um, but I had the opportunity two years later to come back and as soon as I, I had that opportunity, I wasn't interested in other clubs. There was another four or five clubs and I just, not mine was focused and getting up the road as, as quickly as I could. And I enjoyed England. Mm-hmm. I mean, I oh, was down there 25 for years? 25, yeah. 26 years, you know, and probably opened my eyes to a lot of things that went on and I grew with it, you know, sort of thing. And as I say, I thought it lasted 25 minutes, <laughs> never mean anything else. Yeah. And I loved lovely places I was fortunate enough to live in and I loved the football, I enjoyed the football and I loved everything for the coaching to the managing, everything about it, I could not complain about. But the football... I never ever, you'd never ever replace Celtic Park running out at Celtic Park. Even now, God, I might I go and do the games there and it must be phenomenal to play in front of it, you know, with everything, the way the stadium is now. But I was fortunate enough, I played in front of the jungle. And I always remember that. Yeah. So that's the fortunate thing I had. <laughs> you came after the jungle time, didn't you? Yeah, but I remember the jungle, yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be running out at Ibrox on yeah, Sunday. Look, I, I'm honest yeah. with you, when I'm still at games, I still get goosebumps. Yeah. I do absolutely going into Ibrooks. Yeah, I, watching the game. And and Sunday when I walk through mm. the front doors at twelve o'clock or half eleven, I'll get goosebumps. What do they call you, Mister Ferguson? No, Barry. No, but it's it's changed. There's a lot of people changed um, over Skipper. the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but I just look forward to coming back. But as I said, it's still like the first day I done it. I don't know what I was ten year old, mm-hmm. nine year old, yeah. where we used to get changed and train across the pitch. Right across the road. Yeah. Well, my first training um, was the Albion. Yeah. The old Albion. Yeah. Um, and you, the floodlights, I mean, you could, you could hardly see at night. <laughs> and when you, if you miss hit a shot, the old one, you had to go and get your ball. Yeah. And you were scared to go and get your ball because of the, the flats. Yeah. And they, they had like holes in the wall. Yeah. And the boys used to jump through and, and nick your, your ball. Great. So, Great to hear. So stick in at school, everyone's listening <laughs> to younger ones. But don't go for your ball. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local, friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Tomorrow night, the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. We're here from five and it's going to be Mark Guidi and Stephen McGinn. Stephen will be, well, he's not too far away from... Scottish Cup semi-final, still five weeks and uh, three days to go before him. Yep, the 29th and the 30th of April. We haven't really mentioned that much about the club football because we're heading for the internationals. What's happening with the big two? Well, Michael Beale was asked during the international break, what's happening? We've got a few going away on internationals and then we've got uh, three or four days. We're going to let the players have a bit of time with their families and then we're back in work and we've been working on one or two new things you saw at the end of that game there, we're trying something slightly different um, at the back and to try and get more players up the pitch. And so we'll continue to work on that. We've got nine league games and a very important cup game when we come back. So our focus is very much on on in, enjoying a couple of days with family and then working hard. And uh, it gives me a bit of time to sit down with one or two as well and, and give them a little bit of feedback. Barry, there'll be no days off really though for the manager. It's such a crucial time for him. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've spoken about it many a times. It's a massive three or four months um, in terms of players going out of contract, Paul. And um, obviously, as I said before, I think his recruitment has got to be virtually spot on. And he's been open about it. He's wanting four or five players in that are, 
our starters. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the summer to see the changes that he's going to be making because there's a lot of rumours who's going to be staying uh, out of the out of contract players and who's going to be coming in and how much budget has he got to go and work with. That that's a key as well because good players cost money. Mm. Um, good mm. players for me very rarely go out of go out of contract. Mm. So. Yeah, but it's a interesting and a very important next three or four months for Michael Beale. And Peter, he was speaking about, he was defending Ross Wilson, we know about the protests at the weekend, so there's a little bit about that, but also about some of the plans over the next few months. Listen, I've always worked well with Ross and he came when I was already in the club the first time round. He's influential in bringing me back into the club. We work fantastically well every day. Uh, we're, you know, he, he's a 24-7 football person similar to myself, so our energy is the same. We're off working and looking at players and we, we control the atmosphere, if you like, in, in the training ground. We're the two main figures at the training ground. So I understand the fans' frustration. They don't know everything that goes on in the workings of the club, but I understand that they pay their money and they support the club. They pack out every away, uh, away attendance, uh, both domestic and in Europe. They pack out every game at Ibrox and they have a right to, um, in the right way, put across their opinion. But I would say, since I've come back in, the form of the team's been really good. And so before that, they can be disgruntled, but now we're looking forward and moving forward. And, and I would prefer it if we were all on the same page, but at the same time, they're entitled to their opinion. I, I think uh, the work going on behind the scenes and towards next season's exciting. It can't all be revealed now, but I would just hope that we can make sure that we're together moving forward. Peter? Well, you're not winning trophies, Paul, unfortunately here. Everybody yeah. gets the blame. Um, you've seen it at Celtic, one night in the bounce, lose it one year. Mm. The world collapses for Celtic supporters in that respect. So that, that's the way it is here. No blame everybody when you're not winning. And as I say, I went through that as a player. I, so I could only imagine what the board went through with a lot of managerial changes and that at that particular time as well. So everybody gets blamed for that. So the secret is you've got to win. You know, that you have to obviously play with a certain style and try and win matches, but you have to win. That's the bottom line. You can't be second or third in this up here in Glasgow. If you're Rangers, you have to be first. If you're Celtic, you have to be first. And you know it's goals that they need. You know the game so well. Have you got a name for Barry as a striker? Four Rangers for next season. Yeah, but I'm keeping it to myself. Go on, tell <laughs> No, that is the thing, though, isn't it? I mean, they, they need a new striker up alongside Cholak and to have there. Morales will probably be gone, and we know where you stand on it. Same with Barry. I wonder where they're going. I wonder which market they'll go into. But listen, I've, I've said it before. You're talking about Shankland, you're talking, looking at Nisbet. You're saying these guys are all doing Lyndon Dykes is playing QPR, who are struggling a wee bit. The manager knows him, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's all situations like this. You never know where situations arise. And sometimes you've got to remember, let's get it right here. Rangers have got to get it right domestically first. Forget Europe and how well you want to do in Europe. Domestically, they've got to get it right. So these players have proven they can do it domestically. So for me, that's what you've got to try and do to build that next level. And I, I think you've got to look at guys that are doing their job well. And if you're needing strikers, these guys are scored goals and proven they can mm -hmm. score goals in the Scottish game. A boy, Aberdeen. Aberdeen have not had the greatest of seasons. Mm -hmm. Is it mid, mid Mayofsky. Mayofsky. Yeah, sure. But I've seen him. He's done well, you know what I mean? So you're looking at all these guys. I'm not saying no, I don't see them week in, week out. But sometimes you can't be frightened if that sure. on the domestic front. Because personally, when you're looking for strikers, as Barry will tell you, you'll have guys in the second and third division. Yeah. They'll be getting more than the guys mm -hmm. outside Celtic and Rangers. Yep. Yep. More money than Celtic and Rangers are paying. Uh, outside Celtic and Rangers, sorry. Everybody else is playing. They can't afford. Sure. 
Barry, what about Lyndon Dykes? We talked about him when he was at Livingston. You said a million pounds. He could have been at Rangers. Well, maybe he could have been. Could you see Lyndon Dykes coming and doing a job for Rangers? Yeah, it'd be a possibility, Michael Beale, obviously. I'll know him inside exactly. out because he worked yeah, with him at, sure. at QPR. But I think he'll be looking at every single market under the sun, all over the globe. He'll have his scouting department and he'll know what type of strikers um, he'll, he'll want. But again, Paul, it comes down to budget. Yep. It comes down to how much money. But he'll know that. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's, he's not got his budget now for, for next season. And obviously, we've, we've spoke about the amount of money it will be left over with salaries if players running out of contracts. So we'll need to work, work um, all that into the equation as well. So the next three or four months are, are so vital. And I, I think he knows that. And he knows that there is still, even with the, the start he's had, because let's be honest, we domestically, it's been an unbelievable. He's only dropped two points yep, sure. in the league. The only um, downside is the cup final. They never performed. Celtic were a better team. Um, so he knows what's in front of him um, in the next um, short period of time because you've got the old firm game on the 8th of April, you've got the semi-final on the 30th. Yeah. But he'll need to look forward in front of that because um, the summer in terms of recruitment is massive for sure. Rangers. Across the city, Ange Postacoglu, before this international break, he was speaking about the injury worries after the game on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see with Rare. He obviously felt something, so we'll just uh, have to see um, how he sort of recovers from that but uh, again we've got a couple of weeks so hopefully that helps him Greg was pretty much struggling for for the most game most part of the game um, so again doing good sort of to, to have a couple of weeks to recover Aaron um, you know we don't expect to, to be or Tomoki to be missing for, um, once the games resume and obviously with international guys we'll just have to wait and see hopefully they come through unscathed Peter this break is going to help them get these players back yeah, it's massive, but you're always a worry when you've got players away because that's mm-hmm. the big thing you're always yeah. dependent on is them coming back, you know. And as I say, the clubs have got a massive saving they're away with the national team now anyway. No matter what anybody would like to kid you on, they dictate what goes on, what they train and how they train. Um, I've said that many times since I've come in. And But when you're out there, all you want to do get into this period is having all your players come back fully fit. I was a bit concerned about Hattati's at the weekend because he went down right away and held the back of his leg so it's talking as if it looks like a hamstring problem just for me looking onto the pitch at the particular time and he's been outstanding. How long could that be? Hamstrings are a nightmare. You're hoping you may be just a bit of tightness you know that you may be caught in time and players are experienced enough now you know that they, they know when certain things are not a full pull or whatever and maybe it could settle down within the next couple of weeks. You hope that as I say because he's been such a good player. Uh, for Celtic and I know they've got replacement boys round about them but he has been outstanding in the games that I've seen recently and what did you think of the man that Jürgen Klinsmann has picked for South Korea and uh, like the look of all look he's a good player you know and he will be a good player for us we're, we're kind of you know easing him into things here and um, you know he's still learning a hell of a lot but um, yeah you watch him training every day and uh, you know he's He's got a real uh, presence about him inside the penalty box and uh, it was good for him to get the goal today. I thought, you know, he really, when he came on, made a difference um, just with his physicality. They've got that option. I wouldn't like to play against him. He, he lets you know you're on the pitch. He mm. pulls you about, he bumps you about. He's, he's never standing still in the respect of that. He's always moving in the box. It was a great goal he got because he's made the double movement as we talk about strikers. He had another opportunity. He had a couple of half chances, but he never gave the back line a moment when he came on. So I was really, really impressed with him. And he says he's 21. He's in great physical shape, you know. And I think it's just a matter of fitness levels of fitness getting up, not physical fitness, because he was in remarkable shape. 
But as I say, I think he'll be a big asset for him. And he seems to have a bit of character about him as well. He loves scoring goals and he loves celebrating, you know, his goal as well. So I think he'll be a big plus for them. Final question, who's going to get Manchester United? So I see Sheikh Yasmin is in, expected to, I think the deadline is tonight for these final bids. So they're expected to come in with a massive bid over five billion. But Jim Ratcliffe, so Jim Ratcliffe, uh, Britain's richest person at the moment, also reckoned they were really impressed by him, Barry, apparently the management team down there at Man United. Over five billion for a football club. Just the figures are, are <laughs> unbelievable that they're, they're talking about. What does that look like, five billion, Barry? You're the one. You're the only one that's got close to that, I think. <laughs> apart from, yeah. I just love somebody to come in for Rangers and and um, a billionaire to help the club out. Think that could happen? It could Listen, happen. You, yeah. You never know. Um, I'm sure Douglas Park, who's the, the chairman, would welcome investment if it's the right investment. But the, the money you're talking about, man. Manchester United is just nuts. I think the in sports the biggest one was three point seven five billion. Was it Denver Broncos or something? Yeah. But bought last year. Yep. So five blows it out the water. Yep. Yeah, totally blows it out the water. The, the money Peter, down so, in England scary. But that's what I'm saying, money. Paul. That shows you what you're up against. So when we get into the Champions League and you draw Manchester United in your group, and you're still expected yep. to beat them. Yep. <laughs> Brighton's turnover last year one hundred and seventy seven million. And look at and that's Brighton. What's that, the what's the attendance? 30, 28, 30,000. And that's only recent years. Yep, sure. That's only recent years. Well, we give the final word to Lyndon Dykes. He's back, he's recovered, and he's in the squad. Yeah, uh, surprisingly I have. Uh, I think obviously the doctors and specialists is quite shocked how uh, how early that um I'm back being involved. Even myself a little bit shocked, but I was happy to get back out. Um obviously slowly build myself up because I didn't do much for so long. Yeah, I just eased myself back in and then ended up Obviously, getting a few games of QPR, which which was great. Obviously, before coming, um, luckily enough to get chosen to come with the Scotland boys. Mark Weedy and Stephen McGinn will be with us tomorrow night. Barry, see you on Friday. Yep. Thanks so much. Cheers Enjoy the next all. couple of days training for Sunday. Peter, great to have you on tonight. Will you come Thank back you next week? Yes, if I'm asked, you know that. You are asked. Executive <laughs> producer will be on next. Coming up next, actually, after the news, it's Joe Colday. Tomorrow at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.